0: When Shermer grover got one back, tears came to my eyes. When we went two and up, and I heard those thousands of Sligo people, I was proud, and we went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the
1: world. More drama here. Gilani. North. Elding. 3-2. They've been looking for Stenson's head away
2: at the far post, and over it comes Elliot. Stenson. 1-1. brilliant, 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 brilliant. Here comes Pignett. Welcome along to episode number ninety-five of the Supporters Trust Podcast. Ronald Flanagan here this week, joined by Donald Kelly. Donald, how are you? Not bad, Ronan, thanks. Jerry Connor, how's things? All good, Ronan, thanks. And what's the crack, Shane Magouma Godrick?
1: All good, rolling
2: chairs. This week, we will look back on Saturday's 1-0 defeat to Dundalk at the showgrounds. We will hear your shouts from the shed end. We will also be joined by former Rovers midfielder and current head of academy, Conor O'Grady as a celebration of the victorious 1998 League Cup winning side takes place on Friday night at Lola Montez in Sligo. And in the final part of this week's show, we will look ahead to an upcoming game, Saturday night's game against Shelburne at the showgrounds. So, first of all, lads, we'll go back to Saturday night. Donal, uh, start with yourself. I was disappointing 1-0 defeat to, to Dundalk.
0: Yeah, that disappointing was disappointing as the word I suppose. Um, I, I said it last week. I know I was kind of joking, but I did uh, caveat that with the, the thought that like Dundalk are on the bad side. and um, It's not that I felt we underestimated them. Um, we probably had enough chance to win the game, certainly in the first half. We just didn't take them. And uh, inevitably, you're... Uh, you're punished. So yeah, it, it, it like wasn't a I wouldn't call it a bad performance, but certainly a, 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 a bad result.
2: And Jerry it's frustrating, I suppose, after the the high of in Shakur.
3: Yeah. I suppose on paper, when you look at it, we done the hard part, the harder part, and then kinda it nearly kind of uh, I wouldn't say it's kinda throws the three points away that, that we got up in pots, but uh, I think we done the hard part up in the pots, picked up the three points and way way from home, really professional performance came home, to be honest with you we had enough chances to win two games in the first half, didn't take our chances for whatever reason then fellas started dropping like flies once that happened, it diluted the 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 performance and the solidity of the side and going into the last 20 minutes we were just all over the place and it was nearly inevitable that the were going to win so for me, as disappointing as the result was, the more disappointing thing was, or worrying thing, is the injuries that are Getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and it just seems to be no end to it. Like those guys coming on for injured players and going off injured themselves. I just, I, I've never seen anything like it.
2: And that is a concern, Magoo. The injuries.
3: Oh, it's a huge concern because, um, like as as
1: you were alluding today, like the the two performances beforehand, like especially the the Shams game was full of so much uh, aggression and energy, and. Depressing. We were right up the pitch pressing and stuff like that. You know, we need to play three games in a week. You need fully fit squad and everybody in tip top shape to be to play in that kind of game. And with the weather dropping like flies, it's, it's you know, like what kind of a team we want. Well, even like even the past game, there was lads playing like I think Barrow was sick for a couple of days, but he had to play because Stefan could only manage a half at the most and stuff like that, because he was carrying an injury. So already going into that game, there was injury concerns. And then obviously, just Saturdays compound all that. Like, so what kind of a team is to be able to put out against Shelburne is is going to be interesting because, like, of all teams, like Shelburne will be working like dogs. Like they're, you know exactly what you're going to get with them. So you have to be right up for that to be no. You you won't be able to sail through that game anyway. There'll be no coasting through get that kind of game. So like to worry that Jerry says the bigger, the bigger apart from the last bigger worry was all the injuries
2: like. What is that, Donald? Is that is it the three games in a week or is it would it be I, honestly, what I we don't, don't see?
0: I have no clue. It's, I don't know, it's for, for, for such I suppose, we the biggest squad. So as the boys were saying, it's a massive concern. I don't know why it is. Maybe the boys would know more about it than I do, but I don't know why it is obviously a concern. Yeah. Well,
3: I don't have a clue either. I don't mind about that sort of thing, but I don't know. Just players seem to be, I don't know, is it the modern day footballer? That's, I don't know the break break a They're fucking injured, like I don't
1: know. The, what, the really worrying part is a lot of it. Like it's 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 mostly like muscle. Right, muscle injuries. Yeah, that's the, the really worrying. Like must have been them there night with hamstring injuries, wasn't there? John hamstring. I think Nile went off with a hamstring, did he? Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: And it's then and yeah. yeah. in the end was a hamstring. Like so, that's that'll be that'll be concerned. They're, they're all muscle injuries. I suppose. Look, you have to. Yeah,
0: you have to wonder about. Training and uh, obviously you have three games and uh, three games in, in yeah. seven days or whatever, which is not obviously not helping the either like no. But um, I suppose it's how they're training, how they're recovering as well. The, the, whatever needs to be done that side of things to make sure that they're 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 recovering time and you know what I mean that they're they're fit on match day. That's I suppose that's that's what needs to be sorted. I now Yeah, we'll have to get the
3: we'll have to get on to the Clayton to sponsor a spa week for them. <laughs> we'll have to do so we'll we have go. to do.
1: We'll have to do a reconnaissance mission first though, Jerry.
3: Well, we will, yeah. yeah. I'm sure. going to start, so, start yoga as well or something like that. Start floating around the room or whatever it takes. <laughs> but yoga might be
0: a bad idea. You know, like, uh, I know Ray Giggs play football until he's nearly 40 years of age and he put it down to
4: yoga.
1: That was his extra yeah, career in That caught up with him too. Uh, 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 that kept him young, that kind of crack.
2: Say no more, say no more. <laughs> And Jerry, like it's you know, I suppose we we don't want to stay on on the negative track, but we we have to touch on the goal, and it's it's once again the another shitty goal conceded. Yeah,
3: sure, I'm, I'm taller than fucking Ward. He's a fucking gnome, gnomes. Yeah, it's um, but I suppose that's kind of where I'm coming from leading into the last twenty minutes because there were so many changes. Uh but there was about three changes to the back four. But, you know, we as I said, we guys coming on from guys that were injured we were all over the place and it's very difficult to have that shape and solidity to, to your team and you know we even said it as well in, in the stand which 20-25 minutes to go that we bite your hand off for and it'll draw at that point because you could just see the inevitable and it was like kind of, kind of watching a car crash because you kind of seen it happening but there wasn't a lot more you could do about it so I know people were questioning why John might have done certain substitutions but to be honest with you he didn't really have any other choice because it was like as we said it was like flies falling around the place and you know Dundalk are a decent side the likes of Ward and Ollie like, look he's a cute player um took the the opportunity well but yeah we were we were hanging on and it was kind of inevitable so it was like car crash really frustrating and I'm sure look it's or, I'm sure John and the Lazar are 10 times more frustrated frustrated than we are but yeah, it's just to keep going back to the the injury thing and it's really, really, really concerning. You know, like for the same past game, we had 10 players unavailable, whether through long-term injury or short-term injury. But at the end of the day, it's 10 players out of a 23-man squad. You've got 13 available. One or two of them aren't fully fit either. Like, like It's just, I've never, ever seen anything like it in my life or heard anything like it in my life. It's just, I don't know. It's, it has to go beyond bad luck, doesn't it?
1: And all, and the inevitable that we can all see coming, like it kind of it was like the Bulls game nearly. There was there was nothing in the game and nothing between the teams, like but yet you you knew what was coming. You could see it happened out. But like, we're at the stage at the minute where if we don't win the game, we lose it. We can't just grind out and you know right. We might in today's another day. We have missed some chances, stuff like that. We're not going to lose the game. Like, sure, we don't lose the game, and that has to come from the lads on the pitch. Like that, you know it's all right. At the bench. Making to make substituting or whatever like that, but lads on the pitch have to, you know, what I mean, be aware and do your jobs. Look, today's not our day, we're going to batten down the hatches, we're going to give nothing away, and we're going to take our point to get out of here.
3: And we'll have better luck next week. But, but that, that, that doesn't seem to be in her psyche or makeup, though, you know, it's that, not at the minute, at no. all yeah. Um, but is that something though, maybe that it's either in you or it's not in you? Um, you can tell guys till you're blue in the face. Or maybe they're not—they're not, they're not been told to to their blue in the face, not not lose the game, uh, try and grind it out. Like you know, maybe they've been told like stick to your principles, keep playing football, keep passing, it, keep moving, and you know, is that the right thing to always do that throughout every single ninety minutes, rather than taking breaking it down and taking each situation as it arises. You know, change game management throughout the game uh, as as things happen. I that's
1: think, like, so it has to come from the pitch that like
3: really you know what I
0: mean yeah, I, do, I don't think that's what they've been coached I, I mean in fairness like to that defence like it's been chop change chop change there's fellas in there's fellas out it's it's like planning his ball there are times it's not the kind of way there's that much somebody coming and going through injuries and stuff like that so it's do you know what I mean like it's there's like until you get a second back four I don't think I think it's going to be very hard for them to get that kind of Consistency in in results. I know I thought yeah. um, I thought uh, Lucas had a very good game. To be fair to him, and he he, he got stuck in. But like we, we missed Bulger for a game like that, we missed Bulger just to kind of see us through it big time last on on Saturday night. You know, and just for the goal without I, I just felt when I watched it back, maybe Reese could have done a bit better. Like he, he's looking across there, he sees everything. He's 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 on the back post nearly. Like, you can't let Ward have a free header. Smallest man on the pitch. You cannot let him have a free header there. He took the goal well. And uh, McNicholas, by the way, had a great game too. With fairness, he, he made it, off a pull-off couple of good saves. did everything he had to do, but there's no stopping that. Um, like, uh, I I, I just think as well, when Max Manning came off, I know they scored shortly after, but as soon as Manning came off, it's like we had no go to it whatsoever. So they could throw the kitchen sink at us. And uh, that didn't help us either. And so, in terms of the goals, like we need other lads to be chipping in. Like, if if Max is scoring goals, like we need more from everybody, basically, and on the front from from midfield up, uh, to start contributing and and chipping goals. Because if that's not happening, we can't put everything on Max, you know, and we just know it's just you know. The goals have to come from other places as well because we can't, we can't just be one-trick one
3: point like yeah just looking back on the brief highlights of the game um, the biggest killer for us I think you know was probably Hartman coming off at halftime because everything that we created uh, in the first half came through him uh, so that was really disappointing to see him going off you know and I think he will create chances for others not just just Max but yeah 100%, 100% agree and we've been saying it loads and loads that everybody starts you need more people chipping in with goals and you know I think the chances that Max had in the first half there was three there was two half chances there was one great chance but you can't expect him to score every single goal and if we are well then we're not going to score every game because that's impossible and then it just takes one lapse of concentration and like those like like shells was two losses like the last night there was one lapse and we, we just seem to be getting caught out but like you know, there's no point. At the end of the day, you know there was shopping and changing, and fellas was coming and going, and but you still allowed the fella five for five to score a header inside the box in the last few minutes.
0: That's kind of. I see two things, though, Jerry. As well, I know here he goes on with referees again, but there was there was two ten <laughs> minutes ten minutes before they scored, right? Uh, McLaughlin gave a free kick for high boot just outside the Dundalk half, right? In midfield, just in this, I think it was in the phase of play just before they scored. Exact same thing, their player, done one of ours didn't give the free kick, so no consistency there, and that led directly to the goal. And also for the goal, this the, the just the, the, the cross that came in before the cross, that the goal was scored from he was he aired offside 100%, he aired offside. And it was, I saw those fellas behind me That's saw, I it, thought he
3: was
1: outside yeah.
0: as
3: well. Yeah, I did think he was outside, and I said so, it at the time
0: again, like
3: in the lead up, like,
0: like we're mm-hmm. getting we're, we are consistently, I don't give a. Shite, we're consistently on the wrong side of these decisions. And when's the last thing? With the exception of that 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 goal in UCD, the penalty, there wasn't the a penalty uh, where it was fouled outside the box, right? With the exception of that, when have we
3: got anything from referee in a game that's just, we're lucky here? We, well, no, we don't. But at the same time, too, we still have to defend it, though. Oh, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with
0: that, Jerry, and I'll I, I, I call it as a seed 100%. There's no way he's, of all the fellas, not not Keith Ward getting a free header in our box. But what yeah. I'm saying too, is, like there was there was stuff that led up to that goal. Like are we seen as patties by the fucking by by the officials being answered? Shit? to come down here and make a pure fucking joke of us every fucking game? I do you know what I mean? It's 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 beyond scandals now. And I I know I said it in our group chat. I'd love to see the foul count of us versus them. I the, the, the I reckon he gave he gave fouls against us at least three to one in favor in in favor of the law against us.
3: I'm sure I'm sure it's actually I'm sure that probably is, but that that would be easy enough to find out what not I'd love to know I'd love to know and I could yeah. be, I
0: could be maybe it's just me maybe it's my my sensible and I' always have red tinted glasses on but I certainly felt that any 50 50 call again was given to the dog and that us.
3: yeah I sure
0: the fourth official he was nearly sitting on on Stephen knee for the whole game <laughs> He was no. and uh, do you know what I mean? He was he was constantly he just spent the whole game into the dark into the dark technical area. The whole game.
3: Yeah, but are we maybe do we maybe lack that little bit of cuteness as well with, that, yeah, uh, that,
0: Hold on. Yeah, for the high boot. One whoever it was that, that, that the high boot was against, go down. Be fucking cute about it. Go down, hold your head. And it was the same with Ina in, in in Drada with Drada with with uh, foley with that goal. If he went down and held his head that was that was it wasn't given a goal it was given a free out guaranteed. So
3: maybe so maybe it maybe it isn't entirely the referees then maybe we have to take responsibility for not making the referees forcing referees into making decisions again if you go back to say for instance the Shelburne game where Fitzgerald is clearly fouled and it was a foul all day long but maybe the biggest issue there is that he got back up and is that kind of that's that's I suppose that's a really glaring, glaring one that sticks out but maybe you know when you're in a game and you might see it from the stands or you might even see it from the sideline but there's little things that happen little nudges little kind of knocks things like that and do we maybe are we cute enough to manipulate that and manipulate the referee and are other teams better at that than game management whether it be dark arts and game management, maybe they're better at that than we are. 100% there. And we're, mm. we're too honest. We, yeah. have, we, have, we have a
1: couple of lads like the likes of Bulger. I think Barlow's very good at it too for a stage. Yeah. Stuff like that. And you know, in games like Saturday Night, stuff like that is, it'd be, is brilliant because it gets the crowd wound up too.
5: And starts yeah. getting
1: them involved in the game and which may put pressure on the dock and the officials and start swinging momentum back in your favour. Like, And you need yeah. lads on a pitch like that, Bulger, Barlow stuff like that. Who just wind up opposition and, and take you know what I mean? As you say, Jerry, that that time Fitzgerald Fall like like Barlow gets touched like that, he's over like a ball. That's it. He's but mm-hmm. he's getting the free kick. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And and we're we're not we don't have enough lads cute enough and they're too honest and they're all like great lads obviously and everything like that. But sometimes on the pitch, it appears to be a bit of a conflict In all yeah. fairness. It's all about yeah. getting the three points. We we were saying yesterday we in the in the in the chat yesterday we just look at Arsenal
0: and yeah the way the way Arsenal played on uh yesterday to beat Newcastle in in whatever fucking uh, whatever they call that you so know. But uh like Arsenal like beautiful side, great passing side, but they won ugly yesterday. And you know, sometimes you have to do that, do you know, the kind of way you have to use the dark arts or whatever. Yeah.
3: But I but I keep coming back to it though, uh, Donald. It's either in you or it's not in you. Yet. You can't teach that. It's your psyche, your mentality, your makeup, whether you're like that or not, or if you're just soft as shite. and we don't have that mentality in our team. We, we just don't. Well, I haven't seen it. Maybe, maybe against Pat's, yeah, we were better when we had Man on the pitch. And uh, do you know? Or I, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't think we have it within in our makeup. That's that's another thing that would concern me is that we don't have that that streak in us as a team.
1: But I thought, like, initially after the game, like, if this pod was done after the game, the, the, the reactions would be so, wild. Like, that that kind of stuff was going through my head. Like, when you have a few days of posts, that you kind of, you know, get the benefit of the doubt of three games in a week, injuries, and all that kind of stuff. Like, But if you compare Saturday night to the Shams game, just like, you know, you take out the, the dark arts and everything, but the, the aggressiveness of our pressing up in, in Tala yeah. and the work rate and everything wasn't there on Saturday night. Like, so... You know, even without uh, the dark arts and stuff like that, the work the, the, the amount of ground and work rate and pressing and everything, but it was down, like it had to be down. I don't I don't know the
3: stats or haven't seen it whatever like that, but it just, it just had to be. And but again, if you reference back to the Arsenal game that Donald just mentioned, that's like that's what Arsenal actually done against uh, Newcastle. That's, yeah, that's exactly oh, no, no.
0: Yes, yeah, exactly what I'm You can't let your standards drop, be it UCD or be it chemic rovers, uh are Dundalk. It, you have to like every game. Yeah, just you, you leave it all behind. That's it. You know that's, and that's all anyone ever will ask of any t- any player of play Rose just give it one hundred and ten percent and you'll be well. Able. If you
1: listen, if you listen to all the the experts on like tell the league, like it's the league is between Shams and Derry and the relegation is between UCD and Cork. and Then everybody in between is going to be going for Europe. Like yeah. depending on who you listen to, everybody is in the mix, which whatever commentators that is. So every week is a big game. Like yeah. you can't, you know what yeah. I mean. Every single yeah. week is a big game. Like, and I, I personally, I think, I think from second down is up for grabs because I don't think Derry are that no. for anybody else. So mm-hmm. I think from second up. So every single week is that like that. Sham's away game has to be the benchmark for the rest, of the season. and I don't mean just in the way the, the football we play the past, but the work rate and energy and aggression and press, that has to be the benchmark for the rest of the season. No, and then, but, once you do that, your watch, football comes
3: out. Yeah, yeah, but, like, I suppose there's a couple of things there I just want to say is that our other clubs, I'd say other clubs are looking forward to playing us. Do you know what kind of way? Like, we can say, you, you know, Miguel, you're, you're saying that second, uh, from second down is up for grabs, right? Do you honestly think that there's any other supporter of any other club that... Would factor us into that uh, category? I don't think they would. Um, Jerry, like to be fair, like I, how many how many other supporters of different
0: clubs have said, well, I have to say it's like Rovers is the best team that's played us all season. Nearly nearly I say
3: if you've seen it all over the shop, I've seen fellas on Twitter. So we play a football. We're not, we're not able to. We're not consistent enough in terms of you know that intensity, that that press that maybe that little bit of nastiness, that little bit of cuteness. We don't seem to have those. Like, Yeah, we do play lovely football, but at the end of the day, it's the results-based business. And if you're not prepared to roll up your sleeves and grind out a result, you can play all the pretty football you want in the world, but it's not going to get you anywhere. Simple as that.
0: And not not disagree with you, and well, I agree with you. But and all the as you can get all the applause that you want in the world, but it's still not going to put points on the board. Then the day you, you have to win. It's it's about as you say. It's about winning games. Um, but having said that, I I don't th- I, I don't think we're soft touch. I just how oh, we are. I, I, I
1: we'll see. We'll see Saturday night because if you're if if ever a team that's fucking has a stomach for it and it, at the deck arts and all that kind of stuff, they're coming to town Saturday
3: night. though, so. and we've better footballers. And everybody, like as you said, Donald, we're a lovely team. Everybody says, "Oh, you're a brilliant football team," but you need to need to be able to mix it. That's not going to work against these fellas. Like you know, the game up in Talca, we we were unbelievable in the first for er, for for forty minutes of the first half, and then
2: once things went against us,
3: ah, shit. And lads, it, if you can on
2: one nice... thing from the game, is the. The I suppose the unsavoury scenes we saw after Dundalk scored their goal
3: Yeah, thoroughly, um, thoroughly thoroughly, thoroughly disappointing but not one bit surprising, not one bit surprising. I think Precedent was set with St Patrick's Athletic last year where they jumped over the wall um, you know, these kind of videos are shared around and it was just inevitable that some other club was going to do it I, I know from talking to one of the lads in the supporters' trust he went over uh, to, to Gardie, um about 25 minutes 30 minutes into the game and asked Tugardy would they go over and just stand pit side in between the two sets of supporters because he was pointing out to them that there was Dundalk supporters climbing up on top of the fence. They were throwing uh, items across the fence at our, our own supporters. Um, they went over for five minutes and then they went and they weren't to be seen after that. Um, and In my opinion that could have been that that would have solved everything. Something as simple as that. Um, and even after the trouble, after the trouble, the Denok supporters were let out at the same time as everybody else. Like, it's just Groundhog Day. And, you know, we can do all the work we want as a club um in terms of promoting games and trying to get families to go through the games and blah 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 blah. But if this is going to happen on a consistent basis, or not even a consistent, but the potential the potential is there for trouble and i have to say um in terms of our own and let you, the rest of you come in on this in, in a, but one thing i want to say is that in terms of our own supporters um absolutely no fault whatsoever attached to them as i said they were these guys were climbing up the fence going throwing missiles and not, our lads our supporters continued to sing and it wasn't until that these dog fans tried to get into a stand that some fellas stood up to them, and I have absolutely no issue with that at all. But we're just we don't seem to learn, and there doesn't seem to be an appetite there to learn from it and fix it. There's no point promoting this and doing this and doing that if there's a the potential for trouble, and it's going to happen again. If we don't change something, it's going to happen again. I guarantee you. So I agree,
0: John, disappointed, I agree with you 100%. I was, I was at the, the, the game in Oriel Park. And I would have been the first person to call out the behaviour of, of 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 some of our fans that ran out and jumped on the pitch. And you good. did, fairness, right? yeah. And I did, right. Now, the Dundalk uh, stewards—they had, I say, they could have had at least six Gary in in walking amongst the uh, Stag Rover supporters. Stack, you know, there was probably maybe an equivalent amount of supporters as, as what they had uh, on Saturday night in the showgrounds. Right? They were as heavy-handed as you could get with those young lads from Psycho like Rovers. And they were yanking them out. And I tell you, they weren't just putting them out beyond the gates of, of, of Oriel Park. They had them out in the fucking street and that was it. These young young fellas 14, 15 years of age, right? And fellas that didn't do an awful lot wrong were, were fucked out, out. That was it, gone. i tell you one thing. And we all say, oh, shams this and their their fans are bloody, blah, blah, blah or whatever. What I saw in the showgrounds on uh, What I saw on the showground on Saturday night, it's the absolute worst thing that I've ever seen in a game of football in my life. Dundalk FC should be absolutely ashamed of themselves. I haven't seen one person from Dundalk on social media, from their club, or from anything else, coming out and apologising to the Rovers for fans that are going to watch a game of football, to for, for their own fans, their scumbag fans, to come out and attack people going out to watch a game of football. It's absolutely unforgivable. And they should be on their hands and knees begging us for forgiveness. This absolutely, I tell you, it's a disgrace. And whoever it was that stood up, to those scumbags, fair patron, they should be given the freedom of the town. That's what I say.
3: At the end of the day, if 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 there's if lads down the town done what those lads from Dundalk done, if they'd done that outside for an entrance, they'd be thrown into a paddy wagon and they would be brought off to the station and charged. And the, the 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 police, the guards would have would be all over it. The lack of apathy and interest from the gardie in relation to this is absolutely, you know, it's it's really disappointing. And if I if I was the chief superintendent, would I want um things like that happening in my uh division? But where it's there's absolutely no appetite from them. Like they were blaming, I think, the club that they didn't have enough stewards. Like stewards can only do so much. Like I thought good policing and, and I don't know anything maybe about policing but I always thought prevention is better than cure and two guys standing, they were asked by a, a supporter, a responsible supporter and they were told, they were pointed out, they're throwing missiles they're up on the fence, there's going to be trouble If could, could you could you two guys stand there and I guarantee you, there will be no more trouble and in fairness the guys got down off the fence, there was no more throwing missiles, five minutes later they got fed up and they went off, I don't know what they've done maybe putting out more traffic cones because that's all the that seem to be interested in doing around showgrounds is putting out traffic cones and pe- stopping people from. You go up to the game of Mark Park and that they, it's a free for all in terms of parking and, and things like that. It's just, I, I just don't understand the lack of apathy towards, um, towards helping to supervise a crowd and to police a crowd and like that. We're up in St Patrick's in Chicor. and, um. Absolutely fabulous stewards. They were so helpful um, so welcoming, so accommodating. And um, likewise at Shelburne, even Shamrock Rovers, no problem at all. Well,
0: John,
3: Absolutely. And there's always um, an active police presence. I'm not on about 20, 30 fellas or guards. You know, there's an active police presence there where they want to make sure that the occasion goes. According to plan, that there's people are in you know able to enjoy a game in a safe and welcoming environment. Whereas you come down here, no, absolutely not. And again, going back to the game in Shigur, like they had guys on horses there. Absolutely no, like not that there was absolutely any need. And maybe they just want to get the horses out, but it just shows the level of detail that they went to there at 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 that game, and it was. Loads of guys, very friendly, very welcoming. Again, just doesn't seem to be that sort of presence here. Um, Sligo is getting a reputation now, where so you can come down and do whatever the hell you want. And likewise, I would say other thing in terms of this, the, the club, the stage that those and dog supporters were, were in. How how many of them were turned away at the gate, or do we just let them all in for the fifteen or twenty euros? But,
0: but Jerry, I understand that right, but and the other side of that, though, is like these are volunteers like you and I, right? It's it's very hard for a volunteer maybe a fellow in the 60s <clears years>, to <throat> try and turn around <clears> and say, the <theater throat> I mean, you, You've had too much to drink, you're not getting in. They're not all
3: volunteers, don't they? But, well, if you're getting paid for that, say, Look, I'm sorry, yeah. you know, you've yeah. had too much to drink. That's, the That's where stewards come in, yeah, and our, yeah. Our, our, they, they should be better before they to the game, yeah. 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 Sorry, look, too much to drink it's not it's not acceptable that you enter the ground tonight.
6: Yeah.
3: Sorry. And then when they come back the next time, well maybe they'll have a think about it and say, Well, Jesus, you know, I want to get in here I wanna get in here tonight. Whereas at the moment, just go down to Sligo or up to Sligo wherever. There's no problem. No problem. You can come in, do whatever you want. And you do you know what? The three fellas got thrown out. They actually didn't get thrown out of the ground, got put into the car park, and then started letting off fireworks. Literally, yeah. Like when are we going to take this seriously? Because, as I said, you can go back, promote all you want, but when people see that, that's it. And there's no point, you know, in fairness, and again, I would call it out, like, you know, you know, the likes of Forza, you know, those lads have come to meetings with us and they've expressed their concern in terms of security. And it's not right that, you know, like, you know, they behave themselves, of course they did, and like all the other kids, they're young people and, and everything that were around there behaved themselves. They shouldn't be at the threat of being attacked. And that's, that's, you know, the next team that comes, I guarantee it will be replicated again unless something changes. And then you can forget it. Like, well, young Johnny isn't going to that game. He's not going near that showgrounds again. Because that's what's going to happen.
2: And that is the crux of it, Jerry, That You know, if you're trying to attract new supporters and, you know, for example, if if someone went to the showgrounds with their child maybe for the first time and maybe thinking, is this the way it always is? You know, that's... Yeah. Yeah, like the PR part of it is is massive. Yeah. Whatever was, you know, sometimes it's not even what happens on the pitch; it's what happens, the experience. And yeah, like I have, I have a colleague that was traveling
3: from Leitrim for the games, um, and he stopped going. He started going at the start of the season. She few on say everything's happened throughout, uh, from and it was away supporters, and I'm not just saying this, but uh, just stop going, stop. It's not what they expected.
5: This is Sean from America. Another frustrating game. Um, Although I did think this was the best game we've played all year. uh, You know, the result may not show that. But for me, I thought we were exceptional. You know, we we were great at the back. Uh, we're playing through the lines, linking up play. Passing was good. We're good in the final third. Link up play was good. Everybody's, for the most part, decisions were really good. The only thing that let us down was the uh, the finish. And, uh, you know, you can't say um, the manager didn't set it up right. I mean, he was, I thought he did a, a good job again. And uh, this one was just on the players because everything, you know, we finally clicked. Everybody clicked. But all the chances created, the vast majority of those were on target. Um, But they were also straight at the goalkeeper for the most part. So we just didn't get the rub of the green. I mean, we say that a lot this year. You know, nothing seems to click all at the same time. But... um, like i said i thought this was the best game we played all year it just didn't work out for us um of course keith ward did it to us again i don't i don't know how that guy keeps uh making it difficult for us it's just ridiculous but um uh, i thought we were great and uh john losing john Mahan and uh he was just starting to come back into form, it looked like, from about the 20th minute of the Pats game all the way up to halftime. He looked really solid, like he was starting to get back to his, uh, his old self before he moved to Scotland, and uh, hopefully this won't derail his season. Uh, disappointing to see you know Hartman go off. Hopefully he's not out for too long. And, uh, of course, Nile. Um, everything's starting to stack up against us now. And hopefully we won't have too many problems in the future and we'll start getting some more people back. But we're starting to get a little light up front. And uh, I don't know how, you know, what are we gonna do if uh, something happens to Will or Max? Because they essentially play 90 minutes and with the work rate that those two put in, you know, I can't see him doing that the entire season. Now, it's been good to see Max subbed off the last couple of games. Um, we'll see how it goes. But, all in all, I thought it was our best performance. Uh, just didn't work out. So, tough one to take, but you can see the improvement. And uh, hopefully, it'll continue in the next game against Shells, Um uh, and we can get it to all click at once. So, up the rovers.
2: That's your Shouts from the Shed End. Don't forget, after the game against Shells on Saturday, you can get them in on a WhatsApp voice note to 085 815 9767 or on email to podcast at i e. Ahead of a special 25th anniversary, event taking place at Lola Montes in Sligo on Friday night, um, joined now by Conor O'Grady who was part of that team. First of all Conor I suppose your own memories of that team in 1998, the League Cup winning team.
4: Um, well I suppose for me personally it was, uh, I was just really only really involved uh, late in the year in that squad i had only just come into the squad probably within a couple of months of that final probably even uh, shorter than that and uh, I was still in Summerhill, so it was a bit of a whirlwind kind of a rider over stuff. Um, I was at the, I was in the shed at the semi final against Home Farm, and then a couple of weeks later, you're you're coming on in the first leg, and I came on in the second leg. So, yeah, look, there were a very I think probably I said this in, in in the champion this or the weekend or this week. I said like probably an underestimated team. They we actually broke a sixteen, we broke a record that year of the club. We went sixteen or seventeen games unbeaten, which has since been beaten by the. I think it's 2012 league winning team, which out with a lot of really good players and, um, you know Steve Jones went on to play for Burnley and play for Northern Ireland and you have obviously Paul Morgan who had a good career in England and Neil Ogden, you know, a lot of really good players. Obviously Park Moore who was in the '94 team was in it and Nicky Brewster. So we had a lot of really good players. I probably missed someone there now, but um, so myself and Sean Flannery were the two lads from Summerhill that had probably just broken in. Sean had broken in before me and then I came in. So it was uh, yeah, it was just a great occasion to be involved in and I suppose the reality was played a school game against Boyle the next day in McSharry Park so there was no couldn't imagine it happening now but yeah, we played a senior game Connick senior semi-final the next day in McSharry Park and uh, probably with a bit of a sore head after the night before but uh, that was the way it was and yeah, good good, I good good night good out night for the family we've got a great picture on the pitch of the League Cup and I suppose for me you're, you're thinking this is going to be happening every year and did win a trophy dental to 2005, you know, so that was, uh, yeah, it was good. I really
2: enjoyed it, but I was very, very young and probably just in the door, really. And you touch on the local element there. You mentioned Sean Flannery, you know, Dunn Oates was there around the squad, Ian Lynch. So, you know, there was yeah. a good, I suppose, for yourself coming into the squad late that time, but there, there was, I suppose, familiar faces, so to speak, around the squad. Yeah, well, like, like
4: I suppose Sean, really, when Sean made the breakthrough and we were all in that Summerhill team and played Sleggolitham together I think Sean, Sean made the breakthrough you know I'd be knocking on the door with the reserves I, I I was there I think that gave myself personally the hunger to well I had the hunger anyway but I think you really seen that you know I, I, I wanted a bit of that and uh, in fairness to Chris Rutherford and Nicky Reid they gave me the chance but obviously Donna was there and, and you Donna and then I didn't know Kipper Lynch Ian Lynch at the time but um. You know, he would have looked after us very well, any of the Sligo lads. But our, the captain of the team that time was a fellow called Steve Burks. Burks, he was as hard as you'd meet, like, you know, real old-style old centre-half midfielder. And he probably, especially me, because I played in midfield, he probably um, would have looked after me in there when it would have been different than it is now. You, would have, you know, you would have got absolutely creel in there. But Berksy would have looked after us very well. But yeah, it's, look, it's great to have a few few fellas in there. Look, Damien Kennedy was involved in that squad as well. Damien would have been there. And obviously, the late Mark Rooney was was a member of that squad as well. So we had a few lads from Summerhill that we would have known that would have been maybe a year to order us. And then obviously, a couple of lads who we didn't know as well, but we got to know and we got in and looked after us. And Nicky Reid as a manager, what was he like? Well, I suppose Nicky, and I, I suppose he won't mind me saying this, he didn't want to be the manager. Um, he came as a player, he was player manager. And uh, I think Jimmy Mullen was, was, was left, and I think the job was thrown at him. I suppose, like, you're the first person who gives you your chance in senior football, you'll always have huge time for them. Um, and Nicky was very fair, he was still playing. So I suppose, really, the manager on the sideline was Chris Rutherford. Um, and, you know, I think the two of them had a great relationship. Uh, Chris is someone I'd be very fond of. He was very, very, very good to, again, the younger lads coming through. He really looked out for us and gave, gave us great encouragement. And, again, Nicky probably would have played in midfield alongside me a lot and, you know, again, look that would have looked out for me and and gave me pieces of advice. But, yeah, he, he was a different manager. He was quiet, I suppose. At that time, it would have been very much um, boisterous managers. He was probably quiet. Now, when he had to be boisterous, he was boisterous. But I suppose... He was still playing, so he really he really focused on the playing side of it, and um, he was incredible. He was in incredible shape, for he was at thirty eight, thirty nine, I think, at the time. So I think uh, you know we all probably learned a little bit from from his fitness regimes and, and and stuff like that. But yeah, lovely man, and and you know I was delighted that it, him and Chris gave me my chance at
2: at Rovers. And you can touch on the that run and the finalist was the, the League Cup. Unfortunately, isn't around anymore, and. The two legged yeah. format, certainly, it's a very different format to what, you know, it's not common these days.
4: Yeah. And it's midweek as well, you know, so people have to travel midweek. And we, had, like, I was at the 96 final as a supporter. I mean, thousands at it on Wednesday night. And then, obviously, that, I, th- I don't know, I think it was a Tuesday night. I could be wrong. It was a Tuesday or a Wednesday night. The same. Um, I remember we went up the night before there. Uh, we stayed in Skyline, I think, if, if, and I could be wrong there, but if, I think we stayed in Skyline the night before, and sure, like, at that age of seventeen, you think you're you're, you're playing in an FA Cup final. The, you're so excited, even staying the night over in a hotel. But um, yeah, it was a, it it was a great occasion. I think the League Cup is something that I still think there's place in the calendar for. I don't think it's something we should have we should have taken out of the calendar. And um, people say that you know teams don't play their strongest their strongest squads. But in England, the FA Cup, they don't play their strongest squads. But they didn't get rid of it. I think there's definitely place in the calendar for it. And and you know, players that probably aren't getting as much game time. It's a good a good opportunity to give them game time. But players want to win trophies and that's another trophy that, that had had have the chance to win. And we were very proud when we won and like there was a pitch invasion that night, you know, of lot, lot, lots of people on the pitch. So um it meant a lot to the supporters um at the time. So I'd love to see it back. And you know, yeah, we, we had a great run that year, went sixteen games unbeaten, like and we were probably Top five, top six really, but like that Shelburne team we were beat we beat we beat would have been you know, Fenlin Doolin, the Gagans, uh, Pat Scully, Alan Goff, Greg Costlow, you know, as good as a team as there's been around in, in, in League of Ireland and uh, we would have been huge underdogs on the on the night and, and but in fairness the result here one and, 0 and then, you know, going up there we had something to hang on to and uh, you know Thankfully, we got to nil all, and we probably rolled our luck at times. And Nikki had Nikki had a great game in the goals. So yeah, it was it was a great night
2: all around. And you mentioned there was some great players on that team, but there was also some some great characters.
4: Yeah, probably something I couldn't probably go into on, on this. Sorry. Yeah, look, the dressing room, the dressing room rolling then and now is is just it's it. I I can't explain the difference. Even when I was finishing up, you know, you you know we would have had. Regular probably fights rows. I would have seen regular rows fights in the tunnels, and um, people people would call people out a lot more in the wood now. Um uh training was tough. You know it was a tough environment. Um, we had a lot of players coming in from England, Scotland, Holland. Peter Cobson was obviously in that team. He's Dutch lad, and uh, you know, um, I suppose for me personally, going in there and you see fellas coming in and the. We obviously players coming in on loan at that time as well, and you're thinking, oh, they're playing in the clubs in England, they must be brilliant. But then you realise we were, you know, fairly quickly that you were just as good as them. Um but yeah, a lot of real characters. Berksy was a real real leader, character, um, old school. He'd be sitting there, he'd be standing there half naked with a can of red bull, you know, looking as if he was ready he was ready to rip someone's head off going out on the pitch. You know, you real real was a great character. You know, he could be doing handstands and the goals, you know, when the ball is down the other side of the pitch, you know. Just yeah, we had a lot of a lot of different lads, you quiet lads like probably Sean Flannery would have been very quiet and unassuming kind of lad. And you know, then you had, you know, Marcus Hallows and Peter Cobus and very flamboyant and um out there and you yeah. know, so it was a very, very mixed of of nationalities and different from different cultures, but um I suppose at the end of the day we all love football and we wanted to, to win football matches and and in fairness to a lot of them lads that come in, like we've I've seen it over the years, a lot of lads come in and they wouldn't give a SHIT about the club and didn't care. But these lads, the majority of them when they went down on the pitch to give everything for the for the team. And as I said, you had Neil Ogden who got the goal in, in in the first leg, Neil was as good a footballer as as you see around, you know, lovely midfielder and obviously went up to play for Portadown Down after here and had a good career Portadown. Down. Then you had Steve Jones flying machine who played for Lord Nairn and Burnley and you know he played at a high level against some of the best players in the world and and you know we had a lot of good players. And again I think as I said I think the team is probably overlooked because um you know it probably wasn't one of the most fashionable teams but you know we were we had a, we had we had some really good players.
2: And one of the flamboyant characters you mentioned there was Marcus Hallows and he's well I suppose it's a part of the re- reunion but he's coming on it was a Friday night to Friday night to Monte, so it's a chance <laughs> for I suppose Marcus to show what he's kind of got up to since he's <laughs> yeah. yeah I
4: think I think to be honest, he's been plaguing the club for the last few years to come across. So we had a reason this year to bring him across uh, the twenty five year reunion. But I ah, know, look, yeah, look as I always say, if he was chocolate, he'd eat himself. You know, he fancies himself that much, but. Marcus was a good lad. Actually, funny story. Mark we we used to keep players when we when my when our house, my parents used to keep, we used to keep players and um a lot of the lone players when they used to come used to stay in us because we used to have a B and B and 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 actually Marcus lived with us when he came to Sligo first. So um I suppose that was another that used to get give me great encouragement to want to play for them as well. So I know Marcus very well, but um yeah, look, he was he's a full time Elvis impersonator now, and look, it's a great occasion for for us to to be able to for him to come over and, 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 and put on a show and it's a fundraiser for the club and also with proceeds going to the Northwest Hospice as well so um, and I suppose in fairness I haven't I forgot one of our most flamboyant characters Mark Hutchison Hutchie I suppose Hutchie was one of the main instigators in organising the montes, and, and and you know he would have been one of the main instigators for this reunion in fairness to him and unfortunately he's going to be at a wedding in Portugal but he'll be back Sunday but yeah Hutchie would a lot of work into, into this but yeah it should be a great night Um. Marcus with a mic. You know, we could be still there on Saturday morning if, 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 early Saturday morning, if we don't turn off the mic. But, ah, yeah, it'll be a bit of crack and it'll be good for us all to see each other because, to be honest, probably since, yeah, since we've left, we wouldn't have been with a group. And I think every player is coming, I think except Lee Chu at the moment, which is a great turnout because the majority of them are travelling. You know, Peter, Peter Cobson is coming from Holland and, you know, lot lads are making a big effort to come. So it's, uh, yeah, it'll be good. It'll be a good, good night. And then I'll, we're in the county hall on Friday, which we're very, we're very honoured that they're gonna give us a civic reception at six o'clock beforehand and then obviously Saturday we're we're guests at the game, which will be great for the lads to see the ground. Like the ground has changed so much even since we the would they would have been here. And I think they'll probably that'll be the biggest shock of the weekend for them to see the ground now and the facilities we have and like the lack of facilities which we didn't have in the past. And you know, so it's uh show you how far the clock comes
2: club come, the club has come in twenty five years. And touch on the present day, Connor, your own role as the head academy, how I suppose it's this this time of year where it's jam packed games every weekend and Yeah, it's look, it's you know,
4: I don't get too excited running either way. You know, it's 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 one of them things, you know, you ha- it's look we have players in the in and around the first team, which is great. Um, you know, C- and Ana would have broke through in the last uh I suppose twelve months. And uh, we're very proud of the two of them. We have obviously, you know, Owen and Eli have been on the bench the last couple of weeks, um, and then obviously the lads have been there a few years. Niall and, and, and Luke and John, man. So yeah, it's look, it's it's one of them things. It's an ongoing process. You're never finished. You're always, you're always, you're always trying to push lads on and push girls on. And um, that's what the girls are doing very well. Is I know they haven't had the results, but like, are back f- five. For a lot of the games this year have been, you know, under twenty, really inexperienced in terms of senior football, but have all come through the academy, which you know I think in 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 the long term can 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 be good for the team. But yeah, it's it's as I said, Ron, it's an ongoing process. You 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 know you just have to keep going, and hopefully we can bring through one or two more. And you know a lot of them are in training. John is great for bringing in lads training as well. So uh, as is Steve. Some of the girls from seventeens and nineteens are in training now with Steve as well once a week. So. You know, we're still trying to develop it all the time. But oh uh, yeah, look, it's jam-packed with games. It's great. Got the guys and girls are getting to play the you know it's good solid football, as you know from being involved with us last year. Good good hard games regularly, competitive games regularly and challenging themselves, you know, most weeks. So it's uh it's 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 good for them.
2: And the development is was you know, results sometimes people might look at results and say no you know, I lost this weekend or whatever, but it's the the I suppose it's all about developing players getting ready for that that senior setup.
4: Yeah, look to be look, Ronan, no matter what you do, people will look at results, you know, and people will judge on the outside, people will judge us on results and that's fair mm-hmm. enough. It's like everyone gets judged on results. Mm-hmm. But our situation isn't that inside it isn't about results. We don't want we never go out to lose football matches. Mm-hmm. What we have to what's the bigger picture? What's the end goal? And and the bigger picture of the end goal is, you know, can we get players into the first team? Can we get players across the water? Can we get players international caps? And look, the majority of players unfortunately won't will not make the first team. And that's just the way it is. But um yeah, it's all about that development, as you say, and 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 you know, trying to give them the tools that when they do make the step up that they are ready and, and give them that experience. And I think the games, the high level games. You know, get them, get give them, give do get them ready for a certain amount of it. But a lot of it is down to the players themselves as well. Like we can only only bring them to the water, as I say, we can't make them drink the water. But you know, I think a lot of the players probably no more than myself, looking back when they get a, a taste of it or a smell of it. You know, I think that's when they get the real hunger for it. But yeah, look, things are going okay at the moment. But as I said, I don't get too excited either way because you're never too far away from uh you know, something disappointing happening or, or maybe things not happening the way you want them to happen in football and, and, and it's, you know, you just take it day by day and week by week and we had a great weekend last weekend in terms of results to the outside world. Um, But for me, it was probably a disappointing weekend because senior team lost and we, you know, Aina got injured and John is injured and I'd be still looking at them as, you know, academy players really that come through the academy and, and obviously the girls were beating the senior girls, which would have majority of academy players playing so um, former academy players playing so yeah it's just on to the, on to on to the next week now we really that's the way I look at week to week
2: Right lads we'll look ahead now to the game uh, back at home on Saturday two home games in a row Shelburne rolling to town Donal, and uh, like it's, you know it's hard to know what kind of team will we'll start but it's kind of hoping once again for the right result
0: Absolutely, Ronan, uh, the three right result, that, and that's what it's all about, I suppose, it's um, just finding a way to win. Again, like we all know, they're battling, they're, they're battling capabilities, Shelburne. and in fairness, they got one over on us last week, undesor- or, sorry, last week in, in, in Target Park, they didn't deserve the three points, we paid them off the pitch for 45 40, 40 minutes. Uh, again, probably didn't take our chances, uh, we could have been, I don't know, we could have been three or four up at half-time, and then came the inevitable soccer bunch. But uh, look, we wore them one. So, you know, I just hope to God that uh, that we've just come out the right side. Of the I just, I'd be worried that lad up front there. Uh, what's his name? This boy. Yeah, yeah, very good. Yeah. So, uh, he's, 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 anytime I've seen him, he's really impressed me. So, just be really, really careful with him because uh, he's a good player, yeah.
2: And Jerry, I suppose it all depends on the team selection, though who's available. Like that—that that, that probably, you know, who's who. That's what I was
3: gonna. Yeah, that's what I was kind of gonna say. Like I thought you were gonna ask me, well, what did I think? But I haven't a clue to be honest. Yeah, depends who, who's gonna turn up. Literally, like, yeah, it depends who wants to play. Really, isn't it, whether they fancy it or not?
1: And yeah, look, I think the the availability, who's available, will determine. But like, you know what, look. It's it's after the last after seeing the last meeting and and seeing the some of the games we played like if we have everybody available and we're in the right frame of mind and starting the game well, do you know what I mean We'll fucking we'll tear them apart. We we'll create chances. We need to take the chances. Is the question because, like Shelburne are the same, the same as everybody else, every team in this league is dogged as fuck. Like they'll, they'll hang in there if you don't put them away. They'll hang in there and come back to haunt you. Um, but have, we have to. Like no matter who's available or or that, like we have to start really well, really aggressive, front foot, put them on the back foot and score early. That's what we really have to do because I can see crowds getting edgy and everything really now. From now on, if we're not if we're not putting teams away in the first half and stuff, and so uh, we really need to we we need we need to start. We need to put these to bed. Like we can't. We've let two of our rivals for the European places to come down Boas and the Dock and they went away with three points both of them and fucking handy they went, went way handy with the three points like they didn't even have to work that hard for neither of them so mm-hmm. we need to put on a performance that one like last week was a great opportunity to put on after the two performances beforehand away from home to show everybody right what we're made of that we are the real deal we're a team capable of of putting some sort of run together and challenging for them in European places and you know, stand up and being counted and showing showing people who we are and what we're made of like that obviously went by the wayside, so you now we have to start again. So we need to start again now and and we need to put a run together, like we have to put a run together. And it has to start Saturday night. By hook or by crook, we have to get three points and go on a run, simple as. Yeah. Three, at this, three, this
3: mo- at this moment in time though, we don't deserve Europe. Your- we don't deserve like you know, it's, it's, it's a good yeah. job it's i handled out at this
1: moment in time, Jerry. Exactly. Yeah. But, but hold on.
3: I'm just yeah. saying at this moment in time, you just said that Bose came down, didn't play that well. Uh Dundalk came down, didn't play that well, but they went home to three points. And they went home not playing well. Yeah, but that's what
1: you learn we from Mercedes.
0: We we well, I'm just I'm just thinking, Jerry, there as well, just about what you're saying about pastures. You don't, don't mean to tell me that that John Russell is lone fella swing the lead in, in that dressing room, because I guarantee you one thing about John Russell: if there's any fella swinging the lead in that in that dressing room, he'd be the first man out the fucking door.
3: Yeah, but how do you te- how do you how do you how do you quantify that? How do you know? Like, if a fella says he's got a tummy bug, or if a, if a fella says, "Well, I've got a sore hamstring," what can you do? Only oh, a sore what? hamstring, you'd know, like,
1: yeah, it's just a what? physio, I know. So. Ah. No, listen,
0: there's no, there's no dope there. If there's someone swinging the lead, they'd be, they'd be
3: found <laughs> out. And, and I just tell you that. I, I Yeah, I'm not saying that they're, I suppose, I'm not really saying that they're purposely doing it. But it just seems to be a modern day phenomenon that with modern players, if any sort of fucking niggle, I'm not playing. It's not a case of like, well, you know, fuck it, suck it up, get on with it, get out there and play. Maybe I'm completely wrong, I don't know. Just...
1: Well, they don't do not do that these days, on either. Like they don't. If lads have, if lads ah, them, they they don't they don't let them. Some of them, some of them want to play, and they won't let them play. Do you know what I mean?
3: That's the other side of it too. Like you can't. Oh, I know that. I know. I know that. that. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. I just, I just, I just, I just can't get my head around how we get so many injured players. I just can't. I just can't get my head around it.
2: Right, lads. Predictions time now for the game against Shells I know Donald yeah, reverse psychology and all that. No,
0: it's, it's changed again, one because it didn't work for me last week. So one uh, nil win Rovers.
2: Cherry
3: ninety nine nil Shelburne.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Magoo, if you were to give, you don't, you're not a man for good predictions, but you
6: got to give a prediction. Ah, oh, I don't know, man. Who knows? Like, who knows? One nil us. One nil to come on. Why? 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 Why only
3: one nil? No, why one nil?
6: Because I don't know, like, yeah, like, we don't know who's going to be available, will Max even be available? And like, I think it's going to be dogged and it's going to be, like, Duffer's not dope, like, you see them dogged right night, like, they, they stopped us playing into Max. Do you know the way we were playing, like, up in Shams? We were playing into him and then playing off him, getting runners off and stuff, and then pac like, Shams will not change the game for nobody, like, they'll play the wrong way and let you play your wrong way and we'll, we'll beat you in football. But, like, the dog came down in the, the head screen in front of Max. We couldn't play off him. Like duffer be at the same crack. So, we need the other lads to step up. And, you know, it's Fabrice going to be fit? So, I think it'll be dogged and it'll be scrappy. And it'll be all the things that Shelburne love. And, but hopefully we get scrap one that will win.
2: Thank you, Donald. Cheers, lads. Thank you, Jerry. Cheers, one And cheers, Magoo.
0: Cheers, guys. Tears
6: came to my eyes.
0: We on two and up and I heard those thousands of Sligo people. I was proud coming out and one. Best League. town in the world, best League. town in the world, best town in the
1: world. More drama here, Gilani. North, Elding, 3-2. They've been looking for Stenson's head away at the
0: far post, and over it comes Elliot, Stenson, 1-1. It's
6: brilliant, 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 brilliant. Here comes Pigny.